Hey guys, this is the Good Daughter Podcast. We're here to help women or people who feel constrained or conflicted by their cultural upbringing. I'm Misha Good, and I'm going to give you my advice on how you can overcome your cultural conditions to create a life on your own terms, because you're more than just a good daughter. So this episode is going to come out many weeks after the fact, but this past Monday on March 27th, there was once again a shooting here at a school in the United States. The Covenant School in Nashville, Tennessee has been added to the list of places here in the United States that has fallen victim to the mass shooting and gun violence epidemic here in the United States. I just keep wondering how many more kids need to die before this country finally figures out a solution to this problem. Does it matter if you're for the Second Amendment, if you're against guns? It doesn't matter where you fall in your opinion. I think we can all agree that we're tired of kids dying We're tired of innocent people dying because of gun violence. And I was also thinking, I seriously, I'm so jealous of parents who live outside of this country who don't have the same fear that we have here in the States. I truly envy those parents outside of the United States that can actually just send their kids to school and don't have to worry. They can have the peace of mind and knowing that their kids are going to come home, that they're not going to get shot at school. Just to put this in perspective, we're on day 89 of this year as I record this episode, and there have already been 125 mass shootings in this country. We have had more mass shootings than we've had days this year. What a sad place to be. The math is not mathing, you guys. You know, my parents moved here for a better life, for a safer life. And sometimes I wonder if my kids will ask me when they're older why we didn't leave this place so that me and their dad could have given them a safer childhood. But, anyways, I digress. So, as I've mentioned, in like Every episode on my podcast, a lot of times in immigrant families, there are a lot of rules. And where there's a lot of rules, there are a lot of consequences for not following the rules or not staying in line. So for me, because there were so many rules, there was a lot of sneaking around so that I could do the things that I wanted to do. And obviously there was quite a few instances of me getting caught doing the things that I wasn't supposed to be doing. But that being said, despite the consequences and the difficulty that I had staying in line and following all the rules in my family, I never really ever considered the possibility of leaving home and like leaving my family behind. And I never considered being estranged from my family. But unfortunately, estrangement is something that is on the rise in immigrant families. So in this episode, we're going to discuss 
what happens when families, specifically um, immigrant families, go through estrangement and some of the causes for estrangement. So when parents and their children or their adult children end up estranged, I feel like oftentimes there's a pretty big discrepancy in the way each one is viewing the past. The child will be recalling events or the overall tenor from their childhood, and they'll tell their parents like that the dynamics that were at play made them unhappy or it made them feel unloved as a child and maybe even now as an adult. And I think that realization for children who are from immigrant families happens when you come to the realization that other kids are growing up in a different world than you did and that, you know, they had a different reality. And so from your point of view, whether you're right or wrong in this belief, you might feel that other people had it easier than you or that they grew up in a more loving environment than you did. And so that perception, whether it's right or wrong, becomes your reality because perception is reality. And so if the child or the adult child is having these feelings, the parents might feel like their child is accusing them of being a bad parent or being unloving. And also the parents might not have the same perception of the past that the child has. So they might feel like their child is rewriting history. And, you know, if the parents feel like the child is accusing them of being unloving, it's very likely that the parents truly do and always have loved their kids, even if it didn't always come out that way. So the child now feels unheard, not validated, and the boundaries are all blurred. And in this dynamic, how do you establish healthy boundaries if you can't even agree where they should have existed in the first place? These days, family relationships and the role of parents have really evolved past simply being material providers. And your parents and your family are seen as a support to your personal growth, to your goals. And they're meant to do so much more than just provide for you financially or materially. The thing is, and the problem is, I think that this evolution of being more than just a financial provider is much slower in immigrant families. And in immigrant families, there's this overwhelming belief by parents that as long as they clothe you, house you, feed you, provide for you, then they've done their job. And I don't agree with that sentiment. And I think there's consequences for that style of parenting. And those consequences could be pretty challenging. This is my opinion. But look, if you're going to have a kid, the bare minimum responsibility you have to them is to clothe them, to feed them, to house them, and to provide for them financially. You made the choice to have the kid. You made the choice to have a child. And if you can't provide them the bare minimum, then you shouldn't have had them or you should allow them to have 
that support with somebody else who's willing to provide it to them. So if you want to be a bare minimum parent, then stick with that motto that as long as I provide for you materially, you should be happy. The thing is, that motto is not going to help you build a meaningful bond with your kids. And honestly, I believe as a mom, my goal and my job and my responsibility to my kids is to give them a childhood that they don't have to recover from as adults. My kids should not have to grow up and go to therapy to recover from my parenting. My kids are entitled to my support, my unconditional love, my affection, my time, my patience, my understanding, as well as my resources. And I think that evolution to provide more than just these material things is too slow in immigrant families. Just providing food, clothes, and a roof over your kids' heads, it doesn't translate to love, even if that's your intention. And in immigrant families, a lot of times because the relationship is predicated on the parent providing materially, it's then believed that the child should just fall in line and abide by the rules. And so this creates a dynamic and a situation where the relationship and the love can feel conditional. And it's conditional based on the child being obedient to the parent because as long as you follow their rules, you can have access to their resources. And that's their way of showing affection. And oftentimes, it feels like the punishment for not falling in line can outweigh the crime. If you don't follow the rules, if you don't do everything they say, they'll take away the financial support that they're providing. So they will leave you on your own. You'll become estranged. And it's this idea of reciprocal bond of kinship. You should be grateful to your parents regardless of how you feel about anything, regardless of how they make you feel, regardless of how they treat you, because they're providing shelter, food, and clothing. So you need to provide obedience in return. And happiness and love is not really part of that equation. And so when there's estrangement in immigrant families, I think oftentimes the parents are shocked by the lack of control they have over their adult children. In the immigrant parent-child dynamic, throughout childhood, generally the parents have a really firm sense of control over their kids. But when the kids grow up and become adults and believe that estrangement is a better option for them, it's because they feel like this choice is liberating and it helps them to control the reins on their own life. So here in the States, there was a really public case of religious estrangement in a family regarding a minor. And this actually caught international attention and it caused some conflict between religious groups. So back in 2009 in Ohio, a 17-year-old teenager named Fatima Rifka Berry, I think she just goes by Rifka, she ran away from her home because she had secretly converted to Christianity from Islam. So she, her family was Muslim. Well, I guess she didn't, she was Muslim up until she was, I think, 13. 
So she converted and somehow, some way, her family found out. And she claimed that her father was threatening her for abandoning their faith. And she was claiming that she was being threatened with an honor killing. So she ran away to Florida to this pastor and his wife. And there was this whole legal proceeding that ensued. And it was really complicating because they were actually from Sri Lanka and they weren't actually U.S. citizens. And some articles claim that they were here illegally. I don't know about that. I didn't look into it anyways. I didn't think it was relevant. But her family ended up reporting her missing. And they came to find out that she was in Florida. And they were trying to get her to come back home. And they were saying that the thing she was saying about abuse and being threatened with an honor killing, it was all false and it wasn't true. And they didn't know why she was saying that. So anyways, Child Protective Services did an investigation, but she was placed in a foster home during that investigation. So she was taken away from the pastor and his wife. She turned 18 before the investigation was completed. So she was never sent back to her parents' home. But nonetheless, the investigation didn't turn up any credible evidence that her family was actually abusive and that she had been actually threatened with an honor killing. But basically, in this case, um, whether you believe her claims or not, she was saying that she was fearful of the consequences of her choices, the consequences of the crime that she committed in her parents' eyes were going to far outweigh what she had done. So the punishment was just going to far outweigh the crime. And, you know, here's the thing. Religion is a personal choice, but it's a personal choice that you can't really make until you're older and you're able to do research, you know, meaningful research on religion and you're able to have the ability to actually comprehend that choice. I understand from her parents' perspective. I mean, I don't understand if they actually were threatening to harm her, kill her. But if they were deeply religious, look, she was a minor. She was their child. So they're going to assume right, wrong, or indifferent that she was going to be of the faith that they were of. And so, you know, she converted to Christianity when she was only 13 years old and she was living in their house and they were providing for her. So at the end of the day, they might have felt that she owed it to them, you know, to be of their faith. She could have waited until she was out of the house, an adult, you know, to make such a big life choice. I'm really curious what compelled a 13-year-old to make such a big decision. But, you know, she did what she did and she made the choice to become estranged from her parents. She made that choice as a 17-year-old when she ran away and she seemingly has stuck by it. I looked her up. I found her on Twitter. She's still deeply Christian and it's and she wrote a book and it just it seems like she stuck by the choice she made at 17 to be estranged from her family. There's a lot of causes for estrangement and estrangement can go both ways. It's not always the kids cutting off their parents. Unfortunately, there are times when parents have decided to cut ties with their kids. And in those situations, I truly believe the punishment outweighs whatever the crime was. I mentioned on my second episode about a girl that I came across on TikTok. Um, her name was Nina, 
And she talks about how her dad and her fam, her mom and her dad, primarily her dad, cut ties with her and she hasn't seen them in years. And it was over, you know, cultural, religious differences. And so it's so hard for me to understand. You know, oftentimes in immigrant families, the parents will choose to cut ties with their kids over religion, over, you know, them becoming too westernized, over the child's sexual orientation, political views, sometimes maybe even the choice of their partner or their spouse, things of that nature. So essentially, the, it's always about the child making a choice or making choices that are contrary to what the parent believes or what the parent wants them to do. And it's just so hard for me to understand how anything can change the way you love your kids. Like, I love my daughters so much, I just can't think of a single thing they could do that would make me decide to cut ties with them. You know, and just not see them anymore, not talk to them anymore. I feel like at some point you have to let your kids live their life and you just have to accept that they're their own people and they're not just going to be carbon copies of you, that they have their own minds. They're going to have their own opinions and their own beliefs and their own morals and their own values. And you should just be okay with that. You should be okay with them being who they want to be. Speaking of TikTok, I came across a German guy on TikTok who posted that his deeply religious family, so his parents, his aunts, his uncles, siblings, cousins, like the whole family, cut him off because he came out as gay. And it was, it is against his family's religious views. So they severed ties with him. It's actually really, he's really interesting because he says he's still actually devoutly religious himself, despite what religion seems to have cost him and despite that his religion has teachings against homosexuality. So when it comes to estrangement, particularly in immigrant families, I think there are so many changes that need to be made so we can reduce the risk of these things happening in our families, reduce the possibility, the potential for estrangement. As parents, we should honestly focus on building bonds with our kids that are much greater than just material things. As parents, we owe to our kids more meaningful things than just food on the table and a roof over their heads. And a lot of times in immigrant families, there's low levels of affection. There is not a lot of affection, if any, shown between the two parents to each other. There's not a lot of affection shown from the parents to the kids. And then in return, the kids don't really know how to show affection to their parents and might even feel like their parents don't want them to do that. When I met my husband, I was literally shocked by how every time he hung up the phone with his parents, they would always say, I love you before they hung up. Because we just never did that in my family. Like nobody said, I love you to each other. Isn't that crazy? I literally tell my daughters probably too many times a day that I love them. Like every other sentence out of my mouth to them is love you. I love you. I love you so much. It's just crazy. I think another change we can make within our families within our immigrant families, is as children, we can try to understand our parents' perspective better. You know, where they came from and the world that they grew up in. 
they did their best given the environment they came from and the culture they came from. And even if their actions didn't always feel like love or look loving, they likely did come from a place of love. And for them growing up, love probably looked a lot different than it does here. So we can respect and understand the differences, but we can make different choices that will suit us better when the time comes. You know, I always say pick and choose your battles wisely because not everything is worth a big reaction. So, yeah. Anyways, are you dealing with estrangement? Do you ever feel like the punishment outweighs the crime in your family? What are your thoughts? I want to know. That's all from me, guys. Have a good one. Thank you for listening to the Good Daughter Podcast with me, Misha Good. If you've enjoyed today's episode and it has helped you think about how to deal with your cultural conditioning and family expectations, please subscribe to the show and I'd love to hear from you. So send me a DM on Instagram at the Good Daughter Podcast. Thank you. Thank you.